0: WTF1 presents Hot Takes Wednesday. Welcome back to another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and Formula One had a week off. I know, it's a startling concept doesn't feel like it very much these days, but it's the last off week of the year. We've got two more races left to close out the season. Las Vegas this weekend, the first Las Vegas race in over 40 years. Uh, coming to a Caesars Palace car park not y- near you on this one, <laughs> but it's going to be a fascinating race. I, I, I really am looking forward to next week's show. Not that this week's is, is going to be any less special. I'll tell you why in just a moment. But um, yeah, this is going to be a fascinating Las Vegas race to get in. And joining me to talk a little bit about that and some of your sprint related hot takes, because this was the sprint special that I promised a few weeks back. I'm delighted to be rejoined by one of my favorite guests earlier on in the season. She's back for another round. F one Caroline, everybody, hello,
1: hello. Do you say all your guests are your favorite guests? I got yes, have. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's it's like we we had legendary presenter Bruce Forsyth in the UK always say like oh you're my favorites, but he said it mm. to everybody, which is kind of the running joke. But the, but Caroline is generally one of my favorites. I, oh, I, I adore you. her. If you haven't, <laughs> if you're not following her on Instagram and TikTok already, please do. She's hilarious. Um, she literally put out a video as we record this about an hour ago on. Valtteri Bottas wonderful. Movember calendar. Yes. Um, so if you want to turn, if you want to turn the other cheek again. Um a calendar it's for a good cause it's all for movember which is uh, all about men's mental health and um helping to fund research into prostate cancer very important cause for us blokes out there please check yourselves when you get a chance as well you never know uh when that ugly ugly thing can come around but uh, yeah um if you want to turn the other cheek do so for a good cause um but uh caroline how are you welcome welcome back and uh I can't believe i got you back again.
1: <sighs> well, thank you for having me back. It was so much fun last time. I appreciate everybody being so welcoming and kind. And as we discuss hot takes, I know it sometimes can get a little bit dicey. So it is a delight to be here as we anticipate the third American race this weekend mm-hmm. here in Las I mean, I'm not in Las Vegas, <laughs> but it is in my country, my home country of America. So I am super thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me, Dre.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. And it's it's funny we got you on as an American guest because uh, us being journalists and sometimes content creators, you deal with breaking news when it drops. And uh, I'll let you in on a little secret, listeners. It's 3.15 in the UK on Tuesday, November 14th, as we record this. About an hour ago, there was a big announcement coming from one of America's biggest car manufacturers, General Motors, who announced that they will actually be a full-blown works team in 2028 they'll be building their own power units um now obviously for those who've been following the news this is obviously big a big news for the andretti potential tie-up we're still waiting on f1's commercial wing to confirm whether they'll be given maybe giving them the green light to be on the grid as early as 2025 but now we know the andretti bid has got a full works partnership behind it and Caroline, I've got to ask you, as as you're here, as a breaking news story, and this is Hot Takes Wednesday, we've got to come in with the heat straight away. Surely, there is no good reason left for F1 to reject this bid. Surely.
1: (laughs) I agree. And honestly, I didn't even think this needed to happen in order for them to have a irrevocable decision i think it should happen i think it it's well on its way i think this is just the cherry on top if you will i think it's really exciting as an american to see some more representation within the sport and to see kind of this last push of get it get us in there um because as wonderful and fun as it is to have logan in there and have haas have some you know representation here as well within their corporate side i think that i mean every country wants to see more of themselves in this wonderful beautiful sport so i won't apologize for that but i do sympathize (laughs) with everybody else around the world who probably would also like to have that seat but usa usa (laughs) usa so excited for general motors it's really great what do you think
0: I'm all for it. I mean, like like I said, this wasn't like me coming around after sitting on the fence. I've all been for an 11th team. I've always believed that there's no good reason to not have an 11th team if you want it. I know the teams are petrified about losing their slice of the financial pie, Mm. um, having having it go 11 ways instead of 10. But it's like going into a pizza hut and saying, no, I only want the medium pizza and not the large. Yeah. If 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 you like if you're hungry and you want the large pizza, order the large pizza because as far yeah. as I'm concerned, you're adding value to the sport immensely. You got arguably the biggest brand name in American motorsport in Andretti, huge presence in IndyCar and other series like IMSA. They're going into the WEC very soon as well. If you're in, if you're if you're a sports car fan out there, they have Formula reprints They just won the Formula e world title yeah, with Jake Dennis as, as as well. So. They're the biggest name in american motorsport i would argue in terms of brand name and now you've got a full u.s team in every department it's a u.s brand built in the in, in the usa u.s owned and now you've got a u.s manufacturer deal alongside it I, what's not to I know, love <laughs> what's not to love and we're saying this in the same weekend Formula One is about to have its third race in the United States a, a race that it's poured nine figures into it's to make crazy this, this is a huge commitment by the sport to have this 10 year deal to race in Las Vegas they want to pour money into the area and it's obviously it's been controversial in its own right that the Formula One is promoting this themselves and are wanting to make a huge investment in the area for better mm. or worse You cannot sit there and tell me you have a sport that is going hard for the U.S. right now in every way that it now wants to reject a full-blown U.S. factory team.
1: (laughs) Right, especially when you take into account how large the United States is because I think the biggest argument I think that people make is, oh, you don't need three in your country. I'm like, oh, well, it's it's not easy to get from where I am to Las Vegas. It would take, you know, it take a really long time to get there. It's actually easier for me to get to the Mexico Grand Prix than it is for me to get to oh, the wow. Vegas Grand Prix. And so I think that it, with it growing in the U.S., it only helps to have more here. I actually want to give a little shout out to my friends down under because I think with mm. their country being so big as well, they deserve to maybe have more than one in Australia as it's growing in interest there. And they go all the way there anyway. Right. Might as well. And, and now we're getting into something else entirely. But I say all this to say, yay, yay, yay. This is so exciting. <laughs> uh, I think it's great for not only the Andretti as a corporate entity, but also as the family that they just have that legacy in motorsport. It's, it's exciting to see that American pride really shining in this beautiful sport that's growing so much in the United States. So Yay.
0: It's not like you, it's not like you've got another home Grand Prix to start to start flouting that up over the next few <laughs> days or anything like that. No, no, we're playing no, it nice no. and subtle, but no, we're all for it here. So let's get back to our regularly, uh, scheduled, uh, broadcast, I guess you could say. Um, because as promised a couple of weeks ago, this is a sprint special of hot takes Wednesday. The first three kind of takes you'll see what I mean in a minute are all based around the sprint. We just had our last one of the year in Brazil, sprint number six of the 2023 season. Um, and as it always does, it generates a lot of debate about whether they should keep them, whether they should get rid of them, whether they should tweak the format. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more of that in just a moment. But in case you're new, and this is your first show, because as I always say, every podcast is somebody's first. Here's how Hot Takes Wednesday normally works. You, the fine WTF1 audience, send in your hot takes. You can do that via Twitter um, at WTF1Official. I still refuse to call it X. Um, look out for the Hot Takes Wednesday post every Monday morning slash afternoon, um, whenever it pops up and you can send in your takes. That way you can also DM me on Instagram, Harrison wtf one You can DM me on there if you like as well. I do read every single message, um, I promise. Um, or you can email us at contact at WTF1.com via email. All the hot takes you send. Just, just, just leave hot takes or some sort of reference in the contacts box and they'll all get forwarded to me. And there's a couple of bourbon sent in via email this week so that's useful as well. Once I select these takes. Me and my guest, in this case the lovely Caroline, we'll go back and forth a little bit on that and then we'll score them on a scale of one to five. One that we strongly disagree and five being that we strongly agree. I know Caroline's gonna play on hard mode and only use the, the free rating once because I know what <laughs> and then she's then I'll like. Change it. <laughs> and then and then she'll Just change kidding. it because she makes her own rules on this damn show. <laughs> so we'll 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 see what we'll see what quirk in the rules that Caroline finds this time round of asking. So, Caroline, are you ready for another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday?
1: I'm so ready and I'm so excited.
0: Now, before we unleash the latest round of Hot Takes, I've been playing F1 Clash in my downtime recently, and in their latest update, they've added my favorite driver of all time, the great Michael Schumacher. With seven world championships, 91 career wins and 68 pole positions, Michael is without question one of the greatest of all time. With a ruthless determination to win at all costs, blistering speed, and most famously representing Ferrari's Scarlet Red, he became a true legend of the sport. And now you can experience the same in the F1 Clash, as Michael is one of the game's eight new featured legendary drivers. Legendary drivers can now be unlocked by playing the newly introduced Collection Milestones Reward Track, and a passing collection points. The track rewards players for upgrading their existing drivers and components, so the more they upgrade, the more rewards they can unlock. In order to unlock every legendary driver, all assets will first need to be upgraded to the max level. Other legendary drivers like Adam Prost, Felipe Massa, Sir Jackie Stewart and more are available with even more legendary drivers coming in 2024. So if you want to experience the new wave of legendary drivers, download F1 Clash today. The link is in the description. You and me both. Now, right, now I've got to explain something a little bit quickly here. I asked for sprint related hot takes a couple of weeks ago. You did not let me down, audience. Um, I got over 30 of them. Um, wow. I, I got a ton. So forgive me on this one, listeners. I can't give you all the shout outs. I, I've have, a lot of them were very similar. They were very in-depth, very detailed, and I loved that. And it was fascinating to get a general perspective on on what you guys thought. So here's what I've decided to do. I've grouped them into three general big ideas in what I like to call varying degrees of radical as to how he would change this sprint format up. This is the light, the medium, and the heavy option. Um, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll get into some of the details of that. So if, I know I normally give the person that sends a take a shout out on the show, but give me this is just this once because there were so many of you. And I've had to kind of group in, uh, and put them into three general ideas. Okay, so... Forgive me on this one. It's just the one off. Um, Hope you can give yourself a pat on the back. If you mentioned something similar to me in the last two weeks. Okay. Yeah. You know who you are. You know who you are. Right. Exactly. So take number one. And I call this the light option is to change the sprint race format in general. I'll go for the second bullet point. It goes, change the weekend format, move Grand Prix qualifying back to Saturday afternoon and the sprint race on Saturday morning. Now, This is the run that I've heard come up the most, because I think it was talked about a lot in Brazil with some of the team principles, the the possibility of swapping a couple of sessions around. Now, for those who were maybe brand new F1 fans who may not know, they changed the format around for 2023 with the sprint Where They've got sprint day, as I like to call it, Saturday. you got the shootout, the shortened qualifying session on Saturday morning, and then the sprint races on Saturday afternoon. This is now kind of proposing like a hybrid of the two sprints and how we've done the weekend in general. So now we're talking the possibility of moving Grand Prix qualifying back to its original place Saturday afternoon and then move the sprint up to Saturday morning. You still have the one practice session and then you move sprint qualifying to that Friday afternoon slot Um, slash evening, depending on which weekend we're racing because they they try to go quite late on those uh, Friday evening slots. So Caroline, what's your gut feeling on this? I know you had a couple of questions and bullet points you might want clarifying on this. I'll try my best to fill in the blanks.
1: Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I think for this one, I don't have as many questions. More so, I see the pros and cons of both Mm. because I think in moving the qualifying back to Saturday, you allow the teams and the drivers to gauge track conditions a little bit better as they prepare for the race come Sunday when there's the most points on the board or on the table. So I like that. The down, the con to doing this is then if you crash during the sprint race or something happens during the sprint race, you don't have as much time to get ready for qualifying for the race where the points matter the most. However, Mm. I like this. I like this a little bit better. I think that it makes for a really exciting Saturday because now you're putting two really big moments in one day on Saturday. And so i give this a five i actually like Bring i actually the number. i actually really like this yeah
0: i like this, I like this too i like this too then the, like the main i think impetus around this is based on what happened in austin with hamilton and Leclerc being mm. disqualified for their skid blocks being too badly worn and being thrown out of the race Mercedes openly admitted they, they'd got their setup wrong, and that's because they only allowed an hour of practice now uh, during a sprint weekend rather than the usual three. Now, this keeps that one hour of practice, but I believe the main reason behind this potential move, because I think even F1 themselves have put it on the table and they're considering it for 2024, is they can reopen Park Fermi after the sprint race. Mm. So they might be giving teams provision to so they're going to be locked in for sprint qualifying on friday Mm -hmm. but once the sprint race is over on saturday morning they'll reopen park ferme allow the teams to make changes then lock it again for qualifying for the grand prix in the afternoon so it would give teams a bit more data and a bit more time to potentially make setup changes and to basically go from there and make basically make sure that they don't get caught out quite so much, which does make sense i i could I could see the argument I mean look as much as we pain to admit it, I don't think anybody really wants to see cars get thrown out of races no yes what well, Hamilton and the declare cars were illegal no one is arguing that um but I don't want to see cars get thrown out of Grand Prix and I don't really want to see cars not going at their best in that mm-hmm. that's me as a fan personally um I'm a little bit conflicted on it because a small part of me also likes the fact the teams were kept on their toes and they didn't just have three hours of practice to get everything right. I like forcing the teams to try and get their schedule in, in a tight manner and keep them on their toes. I thought that was actually quite intriguing. Uh, and for me, that was one of the more interesting parts of a sprint weekend. So I'm, I openly admit I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence regarding this method, but I would probably lean towards agreeing with it. I could see what the sport was trying to do by making Saturday Sprint Day. I, yeah. I could, from a marketing standpoint, it makes sense. Like, you want the Sprint? Here it is. It's all going to be standalone Saturday. Mm-hmm. This is the idea. But I also think that it's kind of disjointed from the rest of the weekend does that make sense
1: totally totally and i think that i i think they're still on their toes doing it this way yeah. if, if you change it to where you have the sprint qualifying on friday i mean they're still doing two qualifyings and two races over the course of the weekend so they do still have to react and respond quickly but yeah i i always saw sprint saturday as like formula one light you know if, when you want to introduce your f- new friends to formula one and you want to give them an abridged version just show them saturday and they can kind of see the the shortened version but eh, i like this yeah. new idea yeah what's your um, number
0: Ooh. <sighs> i'm gonna say four i think i I, I can't i'm not gonna go all the way over five because i said i think that reason of keeping teams on their toes a little bit this is a good compromise like you you still you get a little bit more than that one hour of of practice that we get with the conventional weekend format we've got now you Mm. get you get sprint qualifying which you know is about an extra 40 minutes of running and you get um, the sprint race itself, which is a third of the race distance. So you get an idea. You get certainly get more of an idea than what, you, what we had currently. And yeah, I think putting the slightly less important sprint qualifying on a Friday night, it's still better than having an FP2 in that slot, in my opinion, from an mm-hmm. entertainment standpoint. I think it's a good compromise all round. So I would actually say four on this one. Um, I'd be okay with that switch. Certainly. I still think it's a little forgiving for the teams, but I, 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 but, but I still think it's quite fun. Right, let's up the ante to what I call the medium option. Uh, and uh, this is the medium option. And uh, this is one that has always been floated around. It's currently a part of the F1 support series ladders. If you're a big F2 or F3 fan, you'll know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm about to say here. Um, would it kill me if I said reverse grids at this point? <laughs> um, and it's one of these things where I know... The teams are going to be like hell no if you're one of the big teams, or a hope in hell. But I'm going to throw the option of reverse grids. A lot of people said reverse grids. And Caroline, actually, I'll I do Caroline. I'll tell you what I was, was yeah, proposing. Yeah, you tell as me. This.
1: I, I want to hear it.
0: Because I wrote an article about this on the WTF1 website talking about what I would do to improve the sprint. And it apparently did quite well. So uh, this is what I would propose. Okay. It's a tweaked version of the reverse grid style. So here's what you do. You have Grand Prix qualifying whenever, but for the sprint, you reverse the top 12. Mm. You reverse the top 12 on the grid. Now, I've, I've, I've said 12 for a reason, right? I don't want people going to Q3 and then immediately tanking it so they can get sprint pole guaranteed. I'm not a fan of that.
1: Ooh. And
0: I think some people said to be 15 as well. And I was like, well, 15 sounds good. But again, people would just tank Q2 to guarantee a yeah. sprint goal. It's hard to intentionally quantify in exactly 12th place, given how close it can get, given how close these qualifying sessions tend to be. So I'd say reverse the top 12. Then what I would do is I would up the amount of points to 12 to win mm-hmm. for winning a sprint and go down to 12th place. Mm-hmm. And i also chuck in a point for the fastest lap. Reward aggression.
1: Yeah. Why yeah. Not? I completely so, agree. You've thought a lot about this. I can tell this has been stewing.
0: <laughs> it's, almost like I'm a, it's almost like I'm a journalist or something. Now, um, <laughs> but, um, no, I, 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 I kid. I've been giving this some four. And I've seen some similar versions of this, again, floated around. Like, I've seen like going from 20. Some, somebody said, oh, give points to everybody like IndyCar and make it 20 for a win. And I'm like, that might be. That, that's a bit too radical, even for my yeah, taste. That's too um, close to the actual race. Exactly. So I said 12. 12, mm-hmm. 12 points for a sprint win. You You keep the minus one down to 12th place um for me personally i think it incentivizes the smaller teams to have a go Mm -hmm. and try to hang on to more points closer competitive field in general yes it's a bit gimmicky but i'm fine with that personally um i also think it will be hard for teams to deliberately flunk it so they'll guarantee themselves a sprint pole and for me, the biggest reason as to why I'm all for this is because it stops you giving away the first chunk of how a grand prix is going to go down on Sunday. Yes, no one's a fan of spoilers, so that's my version of that general idea of reverse. grids. I've seen a lot of variations on that. I've seen people asking for top tens, top 8s, um, fifteen in some cases. I've I've heard I've seen people in my DMs mentioning it, mentioning it to me about that. So that's what i personally would do and i've got to be biased here and say five because this is how i would do it so i'm going to say five here no matter what so yeah because it's my idea (laughs) this is always my idea so i can't just say i strongly
1: agree with my own idea i love it (laughs) yeah
0: genius um yeah how do you feel about it caroline and like are you a reverse grids person in general first and foremost or is this something that it's too sacred. We can't mess with tradition, et cetera. Because you know how people get down about reverse grids. They get very divisive mm-hmm. on that topic. Yes,
1: <laughs> it is a, it is. There's a reason it's on hot topic Wednesday or hot take Wednesday. So <laughs> I, I want to look at it through the lens of your idea of the mm. top twelve because I really like that. I think it cuts out some of the loopholes. So I'm just going to jump straight there to top to sure. reversing the the top twelve. I like it under one condition that nobody has any power over, which is where we start to see the field start to narrow. Because I do think even if you put Max Verstappen P12, he is still going to win. Because (laughs) the car is a rocket ship right now. And it has been all season. And so I think it would be really, really fun to watch. And you would see some really great racing and battles and i want there to be that question mark of well who's gonna win it could be the person that starts p3 because they finished p9 in qualifying but i feel like all year long if they had had this going we would still see max in first <laughs> and probably Maybe not.
0: i mean th- th- think back to Kato Max's okay, a bad that's stall. the liar. That was a
1: whole hot mess because I almost brought <laughs> yeah. up in the last hot take. I was like, should they have had more tires in Qatar? All of Qatar, mm. honestly. Whoever's idea was to make Qatar a sprint re- weekend was not maybe the best choice.
0: Love the brightest. However, no,
1: and that's okay. We learn, we move on and we learn. Um, <laughs> but yes, I remember going into Qatar. I was like, this was not the one to choose to be a sprint weekend. So that's a tough one. I think to, it was just a whole, it was just a hot mess. But mm. I think that, Having the Sprint Weekend has been really fun to see some of the teams like McLaren doing so well and seeing results. Mm. And so I like this reverse grid idea. In like two years, when the rest of the teams have caught up to Red Bull. That's what I so, think.
0: so you're hoping in a sense, and this, to be fair, this is not the format's fault. So let's, let's point that out. But yes, you think this is something to push for harder. Maybe when the field is a bit more competitive.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause that's the beauty of it in formula two is that the field yeah. and the cars are so competitive. And so you get to They're see the, yeah, the racers, so. right? So you get to see the real heart of the racer, if you will. And I think every single one of these drivers on the formula one grid have the heart of racers. And but they don't have equal cars, so when you start to see the cars, I mean, can you imagine if they had done a reverse grid in 2021? That would have been bonkers.
0: Well, we I mean, we got we got the biggest outlier for that in Brazil that year when Hamilton yes. started from the back, <gasps> whacked a new fresh power right? unit in, and then carved his way through three quarters of the field in 24 laps. Mm. But- i'd be lying to you if i didn't say it was entertaining it was was an enormous outlier but um, it was fun i can't say it was fun to watch so yeah i think that i think there's some way you could argue in both in in both sort of camps on this one that yeah Mm. a dominant car is still likely going to do well as it should if it is a dominant car for a reason but i also think that jumbling up a grid that's more competitive is only going to be more fun like overtakes are going to be harder to come by the good teams i think will will still rise to the top but i think it also gives more of the lower end teams more incentive to compete because i remember logan sargent talked about this in baku which was the first sprint weekend of the year and i remember him saying the sprints are glorified test session for us because we know we can't finish in eighth yeah which is what you need to get a point yeah um if you're a team that's around 15 16 17th place you're not going to pass nine cars in, in a third of a race and that something catastrophic happens on track right. so yeah i mean i could see how williams would look at something like that as a backmarker team at the time and go well what's the point in us going hard for this when we're probably not going to score anyway so mm-hmm. i i think it balances a lot of the issues out with the sprint i think it gets rid of the spoiler problem i think it it solves some of the entertainment issues of having a glorified preview of what's going to happen on Sunday. Yeah. And I think it also incentivizes smaller teams to have more of a go at it. So yes, I'm going to say five because of course I am. Um, my, my, <laughs> my ego is coming through on this one. Forgive me listeners, but um, Caroline, how do you feel about it overall? How are you scoring it?
1: I'll give it a four under the condition of we're doing the Dre version of the reverse grid it's not a complete reverse grid and because i think that there's a little bit more development that needs to happen for some of the other teams in order for it to really hit home so that's my four
0: okay yeah that makes sense to me right now this is i I did see this mentioned a couple of times this is the heavy option this is the we're playing this game on extreme difficulty here um The New Game Plus, as I like to call it. So this is something that I saw three or four people bring up. I think Magic emailed me, was one of the people that emailed me this originally, and I was intrigued. So I'm going to throw this out there. How about we turn the sprint into a team relay race? And I was like, hmm, when I first read this? (laughs) And I was like, I was like blown away by the creative thinking here. So here's what the idea was being proposed to me as. You only have 10 cars on the grid, but it's a team race. So what you do is you have one car from each team start the sprint. Halfway through, you do a mandatory pit stop. So you bring it over the mandatory stop from the Grand Prix that we Mm -hmm. all have to have. We've got to run two different compounds. You have a mandatory pit stop, and then you have the second car finish the sprint over the line, and then you would you would score the drivers equally, and you would give points based on where the team's car finishes. Um, this was wild to me when it was first proposed, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I want to get this on the show because I think this is fascinating. <laughs> uh, I thought this is nonsense, and then I thought, oh, actually, um,
1: <laughs> mm, in fact,
0: um, yeah, I, I like the creativity. Um, mm-hmm. So what's your gut feeling now of, Now you've had a chance to, to digest this, Caroline?
1: This one I have questions for, right? This sure. one I have, I need conditions clarified. Because mm. hypothetically, if we're having all of the cars pit at the halfway point, that will be chaos in yes. the pits. You'd probably so- have to have
0: some kind of window,
1: So my question is, does it have to be at the exact halfway point or I almost kind of want to give the teams the option to put like one of their drivers in the car for one lap to fit, you know, to fit the quota and then having those options Mm. to pit when they want to, but they have to pit at some point because the other thing that they could do is drive ahead. You know, this is, this is something I could see Rebel doing, putting max in there for a really long time to get that 30 second lead and then throw Checo in to get the fastest lap on the last lap and then rah-rah take it all home you know what i mean yeah so that makes sense i that what that's one of my conditions my and also sidebar i know that every single driver wished they did this in guitar for the sprint race mm. they were like man that would have been nice i would have been in the car for half of the time and would have gotten <laughs> way cooler." Definitely. Um, Yes. And then also if there's damage on the car, right, and they in during the sprint race but they're able to bring it in, would there be any regulation on whether or not they could switch drivers at that point? Because the pit mm. stop's gonna be a little bit longer when you're switching drivers. So that would that would be kind of like a
0: I wonder I if it would be more like a situation where, because I don't think you can do like what Formula E used to do when they mm-hmm. had two cars per race mm-hmm. and then how much of that series you watch, Caroline. But back in the earlier days of that oh, series. Oh, I remember. Had, yeah. yeah, you remember you, the driver swap. You had to undo the harness, run out mm-hmm. of the car like a headless chicken, like get in the second <laughs> car, make Fired sure you're buckled yeah. in. And there was a minimum pit stop time for safety reasons for that very reason because it was right. chaos watching that. I think we could tweak it where there'd be a window maybe mm-hmm. somewhere between maybe like 25 and 75% distance maybe something like that okay um and then you know maybe have it so the other cars already in the pit box ready to go
1: Whereas mm-hmm. the other
0: one comes in and once, once that the first car stops, the second car can go. Mm-hmm. Rather than having someone lift themselves out of a car, take the driver's seat out, put the new one in. That sounds a bit too chaotic. Yeah. Um. So maybe instead we could do it like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then I have one other, I have an addition I want to add to the hot take, this hot take. Sure. Go for it. For one of the sprint races, every team... Has to have one of the drivers for the relay be their reserve driver.
0: Ah, this is the one. This is right. I was hoping to. I, I kind of jumped the shark on this a little bit because we mentioned on last week's episode uh-huh. what what would happen if the sprint was for reserve and younger drivers oh, only. Ooh. and looking back on it, I should have really put it forward to this week, but I just I couldn't help myself. That's okay. That's um, a good one, but. That's not a bad idea. I mean, we I could like see, it. We could see, like, I mean, we had five rookies in Mexico, like Audi Behrman and Fio Porcher, Isaac Hager. Yeah, um, They were all in that. Uh, there'll be a ton more in Abu Dhabi. We're getting Felipe Drogovic back in the car. We're getting Pado Award, the uh, elite IndyCar yes. driver. Uh, and McLaren will be doing Abu Dhabi's FP1. So that's always fun. We've had Alex Polo do them before as well. So mm-hmm. um, we've had big names and big junior prospects. And look, it's their own junior ladder that, that they're promoting. So it would make sense. If it can do that for the F1 Academy, why can't they do it for Formula 2? Mm-hmm. So again, I've heard I've heard worse ideas than this. Like I, <laughs> I, I, gave, I, I gave it a free on the show last week because uh. I was like, this needs a lot of legislation to make this work because you need these drivers racing up a series. There's often clashes, WEC, you know, in general, IMSA has a lot of clashes. IndyCar has a, has a ton of clashes in their calendar. Summon of them race over there. You know, there'll be a lot of logistics to work out to make this work. But as a raw concept, what's your gut feeling on this?
1: I like it with my little tweaks and clarifications because you would definitely need a pit window. And mm. oh, also, would they be required to do two different tire compounds? I missed that.
0: I didn't hear a requirement. I did see, I I didn't see any requirements on mandatory tires. Uh, Maybe just two pairs of softs would be fine.
1: Yeah. I like it for the sprint because then it also forces them to, to use more softs, if you will. So then it kind of becomes a big tire potential issue. I like it because I think it promotes teamwork, which is what it really is all about. And I understand you have to have some competitiveness to move forward when you have two drivers on a team and to, get better for sure. But also I think that there is something to be said for working together towards a common goal. And it's of course great in the constructors, but I think that also it'd be cool to see then it okay yeah okay sorry more questions because then the <laughs> points that are delineated from that race are they split among the drivers or are I've, they not
0: i've double checked the email i, I I've, they said the, split the points evenly so like let's oh. say 20 constructors points for the winning team and then maybe 10 each for the drivers Mm. To just give just give them it's like 10 for first and maybe nine each for second for 18 or something like that yeah. um that makes sense to me yeah. I've, I've got I no think problem with that
1: i like it i think it's fun i think you could probably start to get a little bit of drama if one driver felt like they drove most of the race and so they should get most of the points but i i like i don't know i like this idea but i'm also really open to trying new things as long as they're safe i think that that's a really sure. beautiful thing about this sport is that they're willing and to step into new things and so yes i support what about you i've been over here asking a million questions what do you think
0: i quite like it is what i would say um i think that again i'm all for experimentation in the in the right setting in the right in the right way um i think it could be quite intriguing and i think it would also open up pitch strategy as well undercuts overcuts clashes on track when cars rejoin i think that's always a, an intriguing part of the grand prix that we have and i think it would also potentially be more exciting than what we have right now where you know what's going to happen everyone's going to be on the soft tire everyone's just going to run as hard as they can that in itself sounds great but actually can also be quite boring at the same time i was like we saw at austin for example where max Norris tried to stay with him early on, but as the tires got more and more worn down, Red Bull just got faster and faster and mm. Max ends up winning by nine seconds. And, you know, Austin ended up great in the end as a Grand Prix, <laughs> but the sprint people yeah. were down on Austin after the sprint. Yeah. And, and understandably so. So, I like this for the most part. I think it would be fascinating to watch this come together and seeing how teams would approach it. Um, Which driver would you put in first? You know, when would you come in for your mandatory stop? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe Peretti could develop some kind of extra soft tire like we had back in the ultra hyper soft days that maybe can't go the full distance something like I that. i like that you know i think there's a lot of potential in something like this of course it would take a lot of of, of clarification and mm-hmm. but that's for smarter people than me um, yeah because you
1: go into seat fits and then you're like well maybe both cars should compete but then it's like they're waiting in the other car and then at what point mm. can they leave and yeah you can go way down the rabbit hole with this one but i'm with you i completely
0: love this. I'm going to say four on this one.
1: Four. Ooh. I'm going to say five with, as long as they are throwing one of those little reserve drivers in there for one of the races. That's all I want. If it's not, if they're not doing that, I want it to four. Okay. <laughs> if they're not going to do Fair that round. for me, it's a
0: four. <laughs> are you being picky now caroline is that yes are you, are, you, are you sassing me on my own podcast
1: oh i'm not sassing you i'm sassing the powers that be that decide these things so
0: fair enough sass them all you like yeah. crack on do not let me stop you uh but that's the sprint related special takes so the like i said give yourself a pat on the back if you sent in something similar i want to give these a special great. shout out to major as well who emailed the show on He was the first person I saw that emailed the team relay idea that I saw. There's a couple of others that had similar ideas, but imagine you were first. I'm going to give you a special shout out. Thank you for emailing the show on that one. I thought it was a fascinating idea. One Mm -hmm. of the most genuinely quirky takes I've seen on this show since I hosted it. So well done. you! Um, Really appreciate that. Um, You guys always bring it right we've got two non sprint related takes just to balance the books a little bit before we sure. clear out the episode and one is is about a docuseries that i'm very intrigued about uh, that's mm-hmm. coming out later this week i think it's actually going to be out i want to say today when this actually <gasps> goes out on the 15th Ooh. um and this is a fun one it's from will williams who again fantastic name i mean he's been on the show before. seriously um yes yeah, great name um Quote, because DTS focuses on newer F1 audiences, the Braun documentary, Braun, the rise of an F1 story that's coming out on Disney Plus. Very, very, I think it's it's tomorrow at time of recording. The Braun documentary will be better than any DTS season for longer term F1 fans that want, a more authentic narrative um just just to clarify i am not i'm not going to say that i am above bribery and flattery on this show but you saying absolutely love the pod Dre. i'm not going to deny <laughs> it <might help laughs> it's 100 true <laughs> i'm not going to confirm nor deny it might help you get on the show i'm just saying thanks for the kind words war much appreciated oh, sweet. um um so yeah brawn brawn's documentary is coming out I think it's tomorrow on Disney Plus. I can't wait to watch it because I'm like it's a it's for those who don't know the Braun GP story of two thousand and nine, it's a fascinating story. I won't give away the spoilers on that well, one. Yeah, you're spoiler, about to know
1: when you watch it.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll watch it. It's a it's a good four hours long, apparently. And I'm very jealous that my my uh my partner in crime Charlie Williams, got to watch it before I did her hmm. but um, I'll, I'll be watching and, uh, and, 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 and intrigued on this um, I've been told it's very good from from a a friend of shall we say um, how do you feel about it Carl are you gonna be watching that? are you excited and how oh. do you feel about it compared to, to compared to DTS obviously everybody talks about DTS and its yeah. impact on Formula One in general. How do you feel about it by comparison?
1: Mm -hmm. I think that what saves this hot take is that our wonderful friend Will Williams delineated that it's going to be better for long-term F1 fans because I think that I my heart hurts when I see the divide between DTS fans and long-term fans because Mm. they say DTS fans like it's this sickness and it's not I you get into the sport how you get into the sport you can't help that you learn about the sun how you learn about the sun you know i mean you can't you can't (laughs) control that so Mm. if you love the sport yay i think that there's something for everybody in the sport so yay and dts exposed some new elements of the sport that brought people in so rah rah i do think that this will be really fun for both long-term and DTS fans, because DTS fans do miss out on a lot of that context and a lot of some of the older stories, unless they themselves go digging for it. But it's not really in DTS very much. So I think that this is going to appeal to longer-term fans and to DTS fans who are interested. Because let's not forget the Senna documentary that was really really good as well that I I think could be argued as really good for long term fans and I know plenty of DTS fans that have loved that documentary and watched it and cried and incredible so I yes will I do I think it'll bring a more authentic narrative yes I don't think DTS ever claims to be the most authentic narrative so I don't I don't really think that's a dig (laughs) in any way but my short answer is everybody is gonna love this I sincerely hope because I haven't seen it, I don't know if Will Williams has seen it. So this is a <laughs> this is a bold take. If he hasn't, it could be terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I, I can only comment so much because, uh, as I confessed a minute ago, um, I've not watched it yet, so I don't know what sort of narrative drum they're going to beat on this story. Look, two confessions: as someone that was loved, Senna, that you know watched it. In the cinema, where it came out in the cinema mm-hmm. originally, I, I went to the cinema to watch it. And I'm not a big cinema person, but I did for Senna. Um, confession number one: I cried at the end of the movie. It, it's 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 a beautifully. Like I'm not going to lie to you, when Alan Prost holds his helmet in the funeral, that that's what mm. set me off. It's a it's an incredibly powerful scene because that, that narrative of the oh, Senna and Prost hated each other. No, they didn't. They no. were they had deep respect for each other as human beings and as racing drivers. Mm-hmm. It was just obviously the heat of the moment and being an F1 and that will to win overwhelms people. But Prost was highly respectful of Ayrton and, and that's, that's one of those things that are not, a lot of people just did not know about them I, I one, I openly admit, I cried in the cinema, two, having now owned it on Blu-ray and watched it back a few times since then, it's a center Puff piece call it what it is oh. okay. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that I'm just saying they put an hour of Prost interviews in the special features and not the main piece. They knew exactly what they were doing (laughs) in this one. That's why why I called it a puff piece. But look, it it was a very entertaining and very fun puff piece and that's why I enjoyed it. And look, I I admit I cried during it. So look, it it, it moved me. I can't Mm -hmm. deny that. And that made it wonderful to watch. I loved it. Regarding this take in general, I fully agree with you Caroline, is that it's a sports underdog story and who doesn't love a sports underdog story Mm. like a a minor note Honda the team before them before Ross Braun bought them out it was bought for a pound because Mm. they were so saddled with debt and Honda quit the sport because, because of the 2008 global recession that was you know when Lehman Brothers went bust they pulled out of almost everything honda did in motorsport they almost pulled out of moto gp which is their bread and butter they're yeah. a bike company first people forget that um they they almost pulled out of everything honda yeah. so um so yeah this like it's an underdog story and who doesn't love a sports underdog story everybody's got a favorite you know everybody yeah. loves the mighty ducks or an air Bud or you know one of those underdog stories and i think it will be great for everybody if you're if you're a long-standing fan like I am, there's a bunch of interviews that were teased in the trailer with Ross Braun, Pat Fry, Bernie Eccleston, you know Christian Horner, Luca de Montezemolo, who former CEO of Ferrari. Like their competitors are all involved in this story, and there's and look, it's Keanu Reeves. Who doesn't love Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Come on, how like, can he's, you he's not- He's the nicest man in Hollywood. Who doesn't love Keanu? So, and yeah. he's a genuine, passionate petrol head because I've seen him in Moto GP paddocks all the time as well. He's a massive, just petrol head in general, Keanu. And, so, and what's not to love about that? And who doesn't love Jensen? Who doesn't love Rubens Barrichello? We all like those sorts of guys, you know. So, yep. I completely agree. that yes, um, I, I, I disagree with this take for that very notion. I think this is going to be good for everybody. I don't think this is just... I get it. It's likely going to be a more authentic story. Here's the thing, though. DTS absolutely was targeted towards newer fans. and totally. Uneducated fans. And that's okay. Like Everybody's got their own favorite reality TV show, which we all know distorts reality and inverted commas for that very (laughs) reason and yet we watch it anyway because we like that that sort of painting their own picture for us kind of vibe in some cases look say what you will about DTS and I completely agree with you Caroline that 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 wedge between the DTS and the more long-term fan is annoying because we were all the new fan at some point or another yeah you know whether you hopped on the wagon in 1980 or did it in 2020 we we were all that new fan at some point we all want to gain knowledge and if you're we're a niche sport we're not soccer <laughs> we're not the NFL we're not That's basketball Yeah. Like, yet we like we we need new fans we we are a niche sport in the grand scheme of things in most countries we are a niche sport mm-hmm. anything that gets more fans into the sport for us should be welcomed with open arms in my opinion so <laughs> like so i this is not a i for me a targeting one side of the audience or the other problem this is a i think this is good for everybody kind of issue because brawn is one of the genuine feel-good stories in f1 history Mm -hmm. it is uh you know it's a likable tale it's an underdog story it's got a lot of genuinely likable people and characters involved in
1: what made
0: brawn what it was and if you're that way inclined the juggernaut that became mercedes and i I say this and i say this as a visual medium because it isn't but caroline is wearing a mercedes team vest as i speak so uh you know Twins which means nothing
1: people i need you to know it means nothing in case but if you're a mercedes <laughs> fan it means everything but if you're not it means nothing because i just finished filming a video where i was impersonating lewis hamilton that is truly the only reason that i'm wearing it but i pull mm. for them all let's be real
0: you, you, you're you're an actress darling it happened you yeah. need props <laughs> thanks that's all i'm saying it's yeah all, no all, that's all, that's all i I'm saying.
1: i totally agree with your take on this and i think that i I don't know. I think I'd score it. Scored a, it's my it's, it's going to be my three because I think it goes both ways. I think it goes to her long term and new and hopefully it makes new fans as well. Like it, it'll do what DTS has done and bring in new like little fans, because I know a lot. There are a lot of kids that love Disney Plus and nothing makes me happier than when I go to the race and I see the six year old with their dad or their mom. Cheering the Checo. I'm like, yes, <laughs> <That's so cute. laughs> it's
0: incredibly cute. It's amazing. Look, yeah, I'm gonna say, too, I disagree, generally mm. speaking. It's not a massive disagreement. I think there is, I can see how you crafted this argument. Well, I could see that, I mean, ultimately, we are talking about a 2009 story, it's mm-hmm. nearly 15 years ago now, and yes, it's more likely to resonate with the older fan for that very reason. So, I can see how you came up with this take and this argument. But I just think it's good for everybody. And having a Formula One documentary on Disney Plus's front page is only going to be a good thing. Part of the reason why we talk about the DTS fan is because Netflix pumped money into Mm -hmm. advertising the ever-loving crap out of DTS. And it (laughs) worked. So... Yeah, this did. is only a good thing, in my opinion, that one of the biggest streaming platforms in the world, Disney, especially in other places, like I didn't even realize this until doing some research for this, it's massive in India. It has, yeah, it is. Because it has IP, it used to have the IPL cricket games on there, and, mm-hmm. and cricket's their national sport, and they friggin' love their cricket in India. So, like, it will bring a hot, I think it will genuinely do an excellent job of cultivating. Any kind of fan, new, old, or indifferent. So I'm going to say two mm. on this one. It's not a no, we give a five.
1: Note. We give a five to that last sentence. The absolute yes. love the Padre. That's a of that's, course. that's a five. Everything else. <laughs> Everything else yeah. is a two and a three.
0: We're not, we're not biased here <laughs> at all on this show. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> last take of the episode comes I'm actually a good friend of the show Jet Krause you may have seen you may have seen him on YouTube if you're into your NASCAR um you know give Jet MDK a subscription on YouTube he's a good friend of mine he's been on the wrap a couple of times as well earlier this season so do check him out already we don't have very many black content creators in this space unfortunately Mm -hmm. so I will always salute my brothers and say yes go give Jet MDK a subscription from me tell them I sent you Um, yeah um so, and our, our NASCAR beloved friend, who's probably still coming off the ceiling after Ryan Blaney won the, won the title last week, says it'll either be the greatest race in years, i.e. Las Vegas, <laughs> or a worse fast in Indy 2005. No in-between.
1: <laughs> oh, this is a hot take.
0: It is a hot take. Now... Of course, we are doing this with Vegas just a day away from the opening ceremony. Like the fact that it's getting an opening ceremony kind of says it all about the state of how everyone yeah. wants to push this one. And this is a massive deal to have a Grand Prix in Vegas. They've poured a bucket load of money into making this work. How do you feel about Vegas in general? Uh, besides the "Hey, it's America!" It's yay yeah. vibe. I mean, there has been some genuine valid arguments as to why this race might be a disaster
1: (laughs) sure and i think that we're all bracing ourselves correctly for it to be but i think it's mostly aftershocks of miami that's causing Mm. that because there were some mistakes the first year in miami but i think that that's not unusual and in fact as i've been doing research into the introduction of new tracks in formula one history Actually, a lot of the time, they'll have Formula One in the past. They've had Formula One go to a race, and it doesn't count towards the race calendar until they've done a race there, and then it counts the next year. That's how it was in Mexico the first time Mm. I went to Mexico. That's how it was in uh, Sao Paulo, the first time I went to Sao Paulo. So I think that it's interesting that we're going. It's brand new. and. For the haters out there that's like, they went a long time ago. It was not the same. Okay. It's brand new. And I think that it it counts. Like it's brand new and it counts. So I am curious to see how it's going to turn out. I am, you know, beyond just the like, yay that it's in America. I think in my opinion, according to my taste, it's a little over the top. However... (laughs) it's also like it's vegas so i i get it but in in my opinion of a race experience in a race weekend like this is a little much guys okay this this is not the olympics okay this is a formula one race for the first time i don't know that we need an opening ceremony but i think it's good for the (laughs) sport as long as everybody plays along um I hope we don't do this every year you know I think that we noticed that there was like a whole walkout thing in Miami again this year and I was like did we need it again I don't know but I'm really curious what about you what do you think of Vegas as a as a whole
0: as i joked with you before we started recording i am basically a closet american i am a huge <laughs> fan of american sports i'm wearing the lakers jersey as i record this show with you my girlfriend is american like it's
1: shout out to gloria we love you
0: shout out to gloria we love you gloria um but um yeah we're like me and caroline are basically family friends at this point it's, it's, yeah. it's wild but, but, but we love it. Um, no. <sighs> I'd be de- I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't mostly intrigued because as an as a closeted American, I love the pomp and pageantry of an American sports event. Like as a mm-hmm. guy who's been watching Super Bowl since he was a kid, I love that American vibe. I, I always have. It's fun. Um, I think a lot of people, understandably, crapped on Miami, especially this year. I think your mention about Miami aftershocks, I think, was absolutely valid. I think a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Miami didn't really go to plan. They did sell out, but they had to slash some heavy discounts right towards the end of the weekend because they weren't going to sell out because they upped Mm. the price for everybody. Um, you know the intros of nl cool j didn't go over well i think the original plan was they were going to do them for six to eight races that season and then they ended up uh. quietly scrapping them after the driver said they didn't like it so yeah. uh, they got rid of it um so then, i don't know if they'll do something special for vegas instead i don't know we'll have to wait and see but the fact is getting an opening ceremony like Miami did last year is uh, eyebrow raising because they don't do that for every new round, but they've done it for this one. They, they, mm-hmm. they are pushing the American market hard mm-hmm. and you can see why it's understandable as to why. And, you know, it's they want to capture that American audience. They've been pushing and pushing for that for the last few years now. They've got to be very careful. This Mm -hmm. is a big old financial gamble. You've put half a billion into this as the main promoter. This is not like you've had some other big sponsor or a country's government promote this. This is all on you. Mm -hmm. The locals are apparently not keen about this either.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There's been a lot of talks of disruption and taxi drivers being ticked off, the amount of traffic, the infrastructure isn't really there for a Grand Prix in Vegas when you're shutting down large chunks of the Strip. Mm -hmm. Um, If you haven't seen it, because, again, she's a friend of the show, Elizabeth Blackstock wrote a really good piece about this over at Jalopnik, if you want to hear some more detail on that. Um, I'm plugging everybody on this show today, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it's it's what I do. Um, But... There's a lot of genuine reason to be concerned. I mean, I've not even mentioned the climate concerns yet. I mean... It looks like it's going to be a little warmer than some of them predicted. So I think the same. I've seen twelve to fifteen degrees Celsius being talked yeah, about. When... they're having
1: it at night. I'm like, if we're gonna have it in America, please make it at a normal American time at right. least. Right. I
0: mean, I mean, you're in, you're in. I'm not gonna say exactly where, but I know you're in yeah. Georgia, Caroline. So that's yeah. that's eastern. So that's one in the morning for you.
1: It's so late for me, and I, I'm like, look, I'm willing to watch in the late hours when it's in Japan and it's in Singapore and or the early hours when it's in Europe. And I'm used to that, but if you're going to put it here, don't make me do it again. You know, I already do it most of the time.
0: And it is a bit of a slap in the face to you as an audience member when a home Grand Prix for you guys is going to be at one in the morning to facilitate us filthy Europeans (laughs) because that works. That works out at 6 a.m uk time because vegas is eight hours behind us so Mm -hmm. it's basically what japan is to us because it's Mm -hmm. eight hours the other way so it's it's a bit more european friendly by having it first thing in the morning like 6 Mm -hmm. a.m is probably better than 1 a.m for for a lot of people um so like there's a lot to be genuinely concerned about here they're probably not going to sell out um the weather's not looking great because amazingly, a desert in november gets cold who'd have thought it believe Um, it or not and you you are potentially alienating your home audience and some of the other audience outside because it's an american event and look again i got no problem with an american event but i know a lot (laughs) of people do so there's a lot of ways this could go a little bit wrong i don't think to, to, to borrow, to borrow a, to, uh, a quote from your take jet, I don't think it's going to be an Indianapolis 05 level of disaster because no. anyone who knows that race knows that was the political warfare of a tire war that exploded. Yeah. Literally in some cases. I
1: don't, yeah, um, I don't think it's quite the same. <laughs> no,
0: it's not really the same. And I don't think it will be that. It'll, it, it'll, something would have to go catastrophically wrong for it to be a Indy 05 level of disaster because that was. Mm-hmm. That was a blow to the U.S. that took years to recover from, like a decade, more or less, Mm -hmm. um, for the Americans to get even partially back on board with Formula One in general, and understandably so. So I don't think something catastrophic would have to go wrong for it to be an Indy 5 but i i'm gonna okay i'm gonna say two to this take in general i disagree i think it'll i think it will all work out in the end we get a lot of these concerns are because i think it's i think it's become cool to dunk on this race a little bit if you're not a big fan of vegas i think there's a little bit of maybe over hate towards vegas yeah I think that I think that's the best way I can describe it. I think it's a little bit OTT. I think it's two. I I I disagree. I don't think it'll be an Indy five hundred disaster, an Indy two thousand and five level disaster. I don't think it'll be the greatest race in years either. I, um, mm-hmm. but I generally like the track. I like the setup and look, it's an American F1 race. I'm not going to complain too much about that. No matter- <laughs> I'm, I'm biased. I admit it. Um, I'm going to say two. I don't, I, I think it'll, I think a lot of it will work itself out in the end. Because a lot of F1 races do a lot, and mm-hmm. by the time it's actually there and they're driving. We're all just going to get behind it. Cause that's what we do as F1 fans. So I'm going to yeah. say two.
1: <laughs> yeah. I agree with your two. Uh, I say it too, as well, because I don't think it's gonna be quite that polarizing. I don't think it's gonna be mm. the best or the worst because I think that there's a high probability of it being pretty mid if everything is safe like I think that in the end. Yes, there's the pomp. Yes, there's the pageantry. Yes, there's the million promos and crazy prices and all the things that are around the race that are not the actual race itself. And my main concern, I think, is more so that the track is ready, and that the barriers are ready, and that because that that was another issue in Miami last year when Esteban mm. went into the wall, and that barrier was not prepared to receive him as it well. Was concrete, and it was yes, it was not okay. And so I think my biggest concern and what I've kept my eye on really all year as they've been developing the strip and and track is I really hope everything is safe and sustainable and ready because you're going to inconvenience all the local people in Vegas for months on end for this one weekend for it to not be safe. So Mm. I give it to, I think that's the only situation where it would be horrible in any sense as if there's something that's just really unsafe going on. But I also feel kind of bad for the drivers a little bit because I watched an interview this morning. I think it was with Charles and Carlos where one of the fan asked them, you know, are you guys going to party afterwards or whatever? And Charles was like, we have to get on the plane right afterwards. Yeah. And I was like, that kind of stinks. You know, they got to keep it together all week and then they finish and then they got to leave. You know, you're there to have a good time and you got to leave. Now, so.
0: we've, we've had the, fort- the good fortune of now both being in Vegas. The, the, the oh, Harry yeah. Reed in- International Airport is tiny and there's going to be a stampede to get out of there. It's true when you get to monday morning good luck to them i mean yeah you're absolutely right in that as well because i believe it's an eight thousand kilometer round trip from there to abu Dhabi and then back to europe to close out the year that is exhausting and and five races in six weeks to close out the season that is uh that's
1: crazy it's crazy i can't wait
0: for 2024 with our 24 race season that starts in february yay (laughs) <laughs> it, ends, it ends two weeks before christmas frig me yeah. Uh, yeah oh god but uh that'll just about do it on this episode of hot takes wednesday as i always say on this show caroline tell the good people where they can find you
1: yeah so you guys can find me on instagram and on tiktok i'm the same handle on both f1 caroline also uh recently launched a patreon if you want to get some of the insider detail all the links are on my instagram dre where can they find you
0: (laughs) no one's ever asked me to plug myself on this show
1: where can they find you (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, I, I, just this once, I will sheepishly say, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Dre underscore WTF1. I'm on Instagram at Dre Harrison WTF1. Um, those are the two main places you can find me um, in general. And if you like this podcast and want to listen to a bit more general motorsport stuff, you can also find the Motorsport 101 podcast, which I host, um, um, alongside my wonderful colleagues, RJ O'Connell. You may have heard on the Mexico episode of the post-race show the other day bit of a blunder on my part on that one because I thought Harry was on holiday when he wasn't we'll <laughs> ignore that bit um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit of inside information there for you if you made it. it through this far but um, that's where you can find me um, we talk F1 MotoGP IndyCar and Formula E on that podcast I do watch a lot of motorsport I, I have no social life so if you want to if you want to follow me on there Dre underscore WTF1 on Twitter Dre Harrison WTF1 on Instagram I am a, I, I'm, a I'm a diehard sports. So you, you're bound to find something we can relate to somewhere right. along along the line. So again, please check out Carol if you, if you haven't already. She's genuinely one of the funniest content creators we have there in Formula One. She's incredibly creative. She's a gem as well. And give her money. Give her money on Patreon. (laughs) Like support her. She's great. Um, And of course, Carol is of course welcome back anytime. We love her on this show. Um, So yeah, hopefully we'll be back after a good Vegas Grand Prix this week. Question mark.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Dre. And it's always Always a a delight. You are a treat to know and to call a friend. And I just look forward to the next time. Hey, maybe I'll see you in Vegas one of these days.
0: I hope so. I mean, MoneyGram spoiled me enough earlier this year for, for the Japanese <laughs> watch along. I would love to do it again at some point. So Money, MoneyGram, call me. Um, I but love it. You, you spoil me, my friend, as always. Thank you so much for, for listening. And if you haven't already, we'll be back next week. And hey, if, if Vegas dusting, I'm sure the tapes will be even more spicy. So hey, mm. everybody's a winner. But until <laughs> next time, I've been Dre Harris and she's been Caroline Smith. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Sayonara.